Hello and welcome to Social Media Ministries. My name is Spencer Kaufman. Thank you so much for being here today. If this is your first time, please check out the links in the description below. You can follow us on a variety of social media sites. You can see all our posts there as well. And I also encourage you to check out our website to learn a little bit more about us and the videos on our YouTube channel. If you're a returning visitor, I certainly hope you've already done that. If not, take the time, check it out. In addition, use those share buttons to help get more new visitors to watch Social Media Ministries. Now, what are we? Well, Social Media Ministries, we, we preach a sermon every week, so, so hit that subscribe button, stay tuned. In addition, it is our mission, our purpose, to uh, present the living word of Christ, that's the Bible, to as many people as possible through the use of social media and also to help them understand and interpret the scriptures in the Bible. So we're presenting the Bible to the whole world. But not only are we presenting them the Bible, we're presenting them a means of interpretation and that is through the sermons or through the messages that we deliver. It's a very important mission. It's a very important process. I really hope you can help with that by clicking on a share button, whether it's on any of our posts, whether it's on the YouTube channel, the podcast, anywhere. Or if you don't want to do that, if you could support us financially, then we can use that money as a means of marketing to boost posts and promote and advertise to help draw more people in so that they can learn and understand the Bible. All right, so thank you so much for uh, listening to that. You can share that clip with anyone you want if you if you want to do that as well. You can you can put it on your TikTok or or one of those uh, 30, uh, 30 seconds or one minute social media apps. Today, what are we talking about? We've spent all this time saying we deliver sermons, and here we go. Today, it is very important for you to remember WW. J.D. That's it. Now, there's more to the sermon. WWJD. If you grew up at all during the 90s and early 2000s, this was a saying, an acronym that, that came out and it was very popular. It was all over all kinds of bracelets, lanyards, people had keychains, bumper stickers, all kinds of stuff said WWJD. Now, there are a couple different translations. What would Jesus do? That's the primary one. It's the main one. What would Jesus do? And the idea behind this was that every time you encounter a situation, you're supposed to think to yourself, what would Jesus do? And then do that rather than acting uh, on impulses of this world. It's similar to when people say, oh, if you're angry, just pause, count to three, and then respond, or, or count to ten, and then respond. Of course, in theory, all of this is great, but when something's going on that in the heat of the moment, people forget to think or to count or to do what they're supposed to do. They simply act, and that, and that is human nature. We are creatures of reaction. Something happens, we react instantly. We have reflexes. We are, we are re-people. It's, it's something that is, is tough on our human nature. And that's the beauty of this is that human nature says we are reactive. We, can, we can't do anything. We, everything we do, something happens to us. But when we become a new creation with Christ, we, we lose the re. We become active. 
And then guess what we can do? Now when something like that happens, we have that ability to pause, count to 10 or count to 3 or think WWJD. And then we can act upon it that way. We lose that re when we, when we give up our simple nature. For example, there are a lot of, a lot of words with re. This is a little, a little tangent, but reactive. When you don't know Jesus, you're reacting to everything. When you know Jesus and you're a Christian and you're a new creation, you are active. When you don't know Jesus, you're repopulating, repopulating all over. When you know Jesus, now we begin to populate. We, can, we, we actively we populate by presenting the gospel, by being fruitful and multiply. We had a whole sermon on it. You can check it out in a card if you're on the YouTube channel or just go to the YouTube channel and look for Be Fruitful and Multiply. You can come up with some other re-words. You're re-active, now we're active. If you have any, put them in the comments for other people. It's kind of a cool thing. All right, so the other one, WWJD, is walk with Jesus daily. Now, I really hope you're already doing this. This is very important. It, it, walking with Jesus daily doesn't necessarily mean that you have to read only the New Testament words of Jesus. You can read anything in the Bible, and you're walking with Jesus daily. The reason is because the entire Bible is from God, and Jesus is God. He is God. He wants to be your God, if you believe in him. You have to be reading the Bible and spending time in prayer every single day. You need to commit yourself to God. There's a playlist we have. It has a bunch of sermons on how you can do that. It's called Be Fully Committed. Check it out on our YouTube channel or our website, whatever works for you. But you need to be reading the Bible and spending time in prayer every day. Today you have to realize that means it's in everything you do. In everything you do, you must first ask yourself, what would Jesus do? This doesn't simply mean in the heat of the moment. It means in anything. Even if it's a good interaction. What would Jesus do right now? He'd be sharing the Bible. So guess what? Open up 1 Peter 2.21. 1 Peter 2.21. Tiny little book in the back of your Bible. 1 Peter 2. 21 says, To this you were called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. What would Jesus do? Right there. Especially when you're in the heat of the moment, though. That's when it's the most critical, because that's usually in the heat of the moment something happens. That's usually when people say things they're going to regret, they sin, they do things that they wish they wouldn't do. It's the sin in them. Remember Paul saying that in Romans? It's the sin within me. It is not I who do it, it is the sin within me, even though I do what I do not want to do. It's a very good verse. But you have to be thinking, what would Jesus do? When you become angry or upset, and you feel like retaliating. Now, of course, there's no retaliate, so that doesn't really make sense. But when you feel like retaliating and being a re-person, ask yourself, what would Jesus do? Sometimes it might be easier to ask yourself, 
if what you're about to do is something that Jesus would do. For example, a lot of times things happen to us and we don't react immediately. We let it go at the moment or we're too busy to respond or to fight or to argue with it. And then later you're thinking about it and like, boy, that was some pretty rotten thing they did to me. What am I going to do? What am I going to do about that? And what you need to do is be thinking, not what am I going to do about it, but what is God going to do about it? Or what would Jesus do about it? And then that's your answer. You have to think, what would Jesus do? Would Jesus call up that person and chew him out? Would he get mad? Would he try to get even? Would he get upset? No. He'd love them. He'd let it go. He'd forgive them. He might even go up to the person and say, hey, what you did to me the other day was wrong, but I forgive you. And then that person, you know, who knows what they would do, but Jesus would forgive. And so you have to be thinking all the time of what, if what you're about to do, are you going to go to a party? Are you going to go to a bar? Are you going to go to a Bible study? What are you doing? What are you doing tonight, tomorrow? What are your plans? In everything you do, say, what would Jesus do? And if Jesus wouldn't do it, then you shouldn't do it either. John 13, 15 says, I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. This is Jesus talking. He has set an example and you should do as what he has done for you. Now, what did Jesus do for you? Well, Jesus died for you. Does that mean you need to die for him or die for everyone else? In a way, yes, you do. Your old self has to die. You need to kill it. Your old self has to die. And you say, what are you talking about, my old self? Anything of sinful nature, it has to die. And then you need to become a new creation in Christ. You died. And then you rose again as a new creation in Christ, exactly as Jesus has done for you and for the world. And then from then on, it is not your time to die. From that point on, Jesus wants you to live for him. You have to live for him. Now, you say, how, how, do, I, how do I die? How do I kill my old self and become a new creation? It's very simple. You pray. You ask Jesus. You say, dear Jesus, thank you for dying for me. You have to recognize he died for you. Thank you for that. Please forgive me for my sins. I want to live for you for the rest of my life. Come into my heart and be the leader of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. It's that easy. There's nothing to it. Simply pray. Then you, you are an example. You, you kill your old self to sin. You become a new creation. Now we're not talking a physical, earthly death and resurrection here. This is spiritual. There are two realms. There's this world, this earthly realm, where your physical self is, and then there's a spiritual realm. Both are very active. When, it's, when you are, are becoming dead, when your self is dying, it's not your physical body that's dying. This is very important. Your physical self is not dying. Your spiritual self is dying. And then 
being raised up and you're, you're becoming a new spiritual awareness. And now in order to achieve that, nothing happens to your physical body. You don't need to go into a coma. You don't need to die. You don't need to almost die. You don't need to get high on drugs. You don't need to drink the Kool-Aid. Nothing happens with your physical body. There, there's not need to be some sort of uh, out of this world weird experience that has to happen. It's a simple prayer to Jesus and, and being willing. It's your heart. If you're willing, you will change. Then the next thing that you can do for your physical self, your body, would be to get baptized. It's where you get dunked underwater and come up. And it's a symbol. That would be the most physical thing that could happen to your body during this. Now, of course, if you have sickness or, or something, uh, and Jesus could heal you, and that would be physical as well. But in terms of going from a non-Christian, an old creation, and being a new creation, a Christian, the thing that happens is mental, spiritual, in your heart. There doesn't need to be any weird experience. So those religions or those cults that have people go into a trance or a coma or a hypnotic state or try to commit suicide in order to, to get somewhere, that's all wrong. It's of this world, which is of the devil. The devil rules the world. It is his domain. And so when you start to do things of this world or in this physical world, that's of the devil. And you need to make sure that you're asking yourself, what would Jesus do? Because why? What is that doing? Well, that is, is detaching yourself from the physical world. You're in the physical world and you say, what would Jesus do? Now you're up in the spiritual realm. Then you're going to get an answer from the spiritual realm. And then all of a sudden, boom, you can act in the physical world as if you're living in the spiritual world. And that's what we have to do. Jesus said, we are in this world, but not of this world. We are of a different world. We are here on a, a special assignment. We're behind enemy lines, and our goal is to do what Jesus would do. What would he do? He would preach the gospel. He would share with others all kinds of stuff. And remember, when you ask yourself this, if it's something Jesus wouldn't do, you shouldn't do it either. But this answer must not be something that you have to think about. You say, well, how else am I supposed to ask? It's got to be instant. It's got to be readily apparent. Would Jesus give to the poor? Yep, you bet. You know he would. Instant. Would Jesus help that man up who fell? You bet he would. Would Jesus tell this person he loves him? Yes. Would Jesus be kind? Yes. Would Jesus tell others about? Yes. All that is instant. Would Jesus do something bad for a good cause? That's a gray area. It's a gray area. If it's a gray area, the answer is probably no. Would Jesus kill someone? No. Would Jesus steal that? No. Would Jesus lie about this? No. Those are instant. The gray areas, the answer is probably no. So if it's a gray area, you shouldn't do it. Now, when you start to become more or elevate yourself spiritually or step into your calling from God, those gray areas will get smaller and smaller. 
as you learn more about the Bible and about Jesus and about the scripture, and as you become closer to God, your heart and your spirit becomes so much closer to God, those gray areas will get smaller and smaller. And that's also because your knowledge increases. Right? right now I said the answer has to be instant. But if you don't know Jesus and you, don't, you haven't learned about him, how would you know if he would help that person who fell? How would you know if he would be kind to the poor? How would you know what he would do? So you have a big gray area. You might not know. As you know more and more, that gray area will get smaller and smaller. And you will have those instant responses. In addition, there are some gray areas that are definitely gray, but as you step into your calling, you'll be, they'll be revealed to you. For example, we had a sermon on lying for a higher purpose. You can check that one out. It's on a card on the YouTube channel. Otherwise, you know, website, YouTube videos. It's called lying for a higher purpose. And in there, there's an example of if, in Nazi Germany, if you had a house full of Jews and they were in the basement, and the Nazis knocked on your door, the Germans, would you tell them? If they said, do you have Jews here? What would you say? Yes, and then they all get executed, or no, and take the chance. But maybe save lives, or maybe you die. <clears throat> We're not going to go into it there right now, but that's one of those gray areas that as you know more and more and step into your calling, it becomes less of a gray area. In your life, you need to really, really try hard and remember to only do the things that Jesus would do. That's it. If there's something that's gray, don't do it. If it's something Jesus wouldn't do, don't do it. We're going to turn to another verse, John. <coughs> this time, John 14. So if you have your Bible, turn with me. I'm giving you ample time here because my marker fell out. John 14, 12 says, John 14, 12, I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. This is a, a very, very important verse and there's so much more meaning. We could do a whole sermon on that one verse. And we will maybe. Whoever does the things that I do, if you want to do what Jesus is doing, you can do it. But guess what? You will do even greater things. How do you know what Jesus has done and what you can do greater of? Read the Bible. You'll learn everything Jesus did. Well, not everything, but you'll learn a lot of the things. And you can do even greater things than those. Why? Because Jesus went to the Father, and now he provided you with the means to have the Holy Spirit within you, so you can do great things. In everything, ask, what would Jesus do? 1 John 2, 6. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. If you claim to be a Christian, you must do what Jesus did. WWJD, what would Jesus do, must be a part of your life. Now, how do you know what Jesus would do. If you, if you don't know, if you don't know, the best thing to do is to get in that relationship with Jesus. How do you know? It's like asking yourself, what would my mom do or what would my dad do? 
And if you know the answer in a certain situation, how do you know that answer? Because you know the person. You know the person. You, you understand how they think and what they do, and so you can predict kind of what they would do. How do you know what Jesus would do in a situation? You've got to get to know him. How do you get to know him? You pray that prayer. Ask him into your life. Have him lead your life. In addition, study the Bible. The Bible is filled with all kinds of great ways for you to live your life. The New Testament has all kinds of examples of what Jesus did. The Gospels are filled with them. Read them. Then, read the rest of the New Testament, because the Apostle Paul gave all kinds of excellent, excellent ways to live your life. He even said, hey, if you don't know Jesus, because this was at the point in time where Jesus was still around, he said, it's okay. Jesus isn't on this earth anymore physically, so follow me as I follow him. He says, use him as an example. And that's great. You can look to your leaders and your Christians. They're, they're supposed to be examples for you. Sadly, a lot of people aren't being great examples in this world. And so that's why it's so important for you to go to the source, which is the Bible. And let that be your example. Let Jesus be your example. Seek him, pray, talk to him, spend time in prayer with God, read the Bible, and you will know what Jesus would do all the time. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for this message. I ask that the people watching and listening would be constantly thinking, what would Jesus do? That in everything they do, that in the plans, in the heat of the moment, in their, their day-to-day interactions, that they would think WWJD and that they would share that with others, that they would always be trying to do what you would do and, and that they would seek you, that they would develop that great personal relationship with you, that they would read the Bible, spend time in prayer so that they would really get to know you, so that they would have a better idea of WWJD. In Jesus' name. Amen. Once again, thank you for being here. I really hope that you take this sermon and you take the, the message and you apply it to your life. In addition, if you have not made that decision, if you're not in a relationship with Jesus, this is a great time to do it. Simply pray the prayer. If you need help, if you want to know more of what to say or why to say those things, comment below. In addition, you could reach out to us and we can talk to you. We can help you do that. If you have someone else who's been bothering you about it in your life, go to them. It's real easy. Simply talk to Jesus as if he were sitting right next to you. God bless.